You are listening to the one and only Visionaries Wrestling Network. Envisioning excellence and providing your perfect podcast experience. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we give you our full gear recap. CM Punk returns. The Wednesday Night Wars keep going. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. As always, I am your host, Bill Veggie, a.k.a. If every smark was Hawaiian, you could call me Don Ho. And to my <laughs> left, we have Two Beer Zach Bowman. What's going on, Two Beer Zach? <laughs> Man, uh, just coming to you live from the uh, home of the metronome here. Uh, home of the metronome. I'm not, <laughs> it off. Man, I'm not uh, drunk or stoned. I'm just Midwest tired. <laughs> and to his left, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? I hate when I have to follow behind you. Allow us to pull down the latest edition from the band for Ringside Podcast. Volume 131, Chapter 3, Verse 14, and the good smart saith, hashtag boo the heels. It is all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat. Uh, shout out to my girl, Becky Balboa. I love you. I'll see you in a couple weeks. Uh, interesting week of wrestling, especially on Saturday night. Weird to say Saturday night when it's not NXT, but very interesting nonetheless. I'm sure I know we'll what, get into that. I know what wasn't interesting. Friday night. <laughs> Friday night was the opposite of interesting. So we have a lot. Of, it's it's almost like it didn't even happen. No, so we have happened. a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. Uh, before we get started, I got I have to apologize for you guys, all you loyal listeners. Um, this is still a work in progress. Amen. Us doing it over here from the home of the metronome. I, I really <laughs> like that as the name of the as the name of the basement. That was my fault. We're recording through this program on the computer. I didn't. We couldn't hear the metronome in our headphones last week. It only showed up on the program on the computer. So that's my fault. I'll take the blame. Let's face it, you guys hated me anyway. So, <laughs> wow, I'll take all the blame. No, I'll take uh, all the blame. I can still but, hear it. Uh, we <laughs> but <laughs> we have a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. A lot of stuff to talk about. This is a very good week here at Band from Ringside because two of us are celebrating birthdays over the next week. One of us is. Older than the other one. And, with, <laughs> and without further ado, <laughs> let's get into that three count. One, two, three. JCB, what's a three count? One count. One count. We're going to start with Saturday night. Full gear, pay-per-view. Um, obviously, I would, I'll speak for myself when I say obviously. I had fairly high expectations coming in. The bar was set. Pretty high, nothing ridiculous, but coming into it, it was a nice build with some good angles slash storylines, whatever you want to call it. So, obviously, I'm sure everybody saw it, so let's just cut to the chase. The most important thing coming out of Full Gear for me was the obvious, obviously, MJF turning on Cody, even though you could kind of see it coming. You saw it, especially coming down to the ring when they were coming down to the ring together. That was red flag, number one. Unfortunately, there was a shot where uh, you could see MJF grab the towel. That was red flag, number two. JR, you know, saying something about it. If you weren't paying attention, that kind of 
took away from it as well. Ultimately, when it came down to it, I thought even though it was obvious coming in, it was still well done. Uh, MJF, I think, is probably one of the greatest actors ever because he shed tears like it was nobody's business and it was easy, effortlessly, whatever word you want to use in the sentence. He made me believe for like maybe a millisecond that this was, you know, a mistake in uh, judgment, whatever you want to call it. And then quickly he turned it right back around, go blow. And then this is where the story obviously commences from there. Um, the final match, the lights out match, I'll just say it for this. I've seen a lot of matches, and this one was fairly cringeworthy at times. It reminded me of the King of the Ring where Kurt Angle was trying to throw Shane McMahon through that plate glass, and it didn't work. He fell on his head, and you hear the crunch, and it was just, you know, it was getting to a point where I was just, you know, when when is enough enough? You know, it, it wasn't. It, it didn't go overboard for me, but the, I was kind of like, okay, I'm at, at the point where this this Joker needs to end. The Phoenix Splash off the top where Omega just bites it. That's where I was like, okay, this this Joker's got to end somewhere because somebody's getting ready to get hurt. Um, outside of that, the pay-per-view I thought was a solid pay-per-view. I didn't have too much of a problem with it. I think for me, the low point, and this is kind of nitpicky, the low point for me was the women's match. Um, Which women's match? Actually, it was probably the Rio match. Britt Baker was okay. I like B Priestley personally. I think that somewhere down the line she'll play into the grand scheme of things. I guess I just don't know much about uh, the student-teacher relationship because this is only played out for me for like two or three weeks. So there's not a lot of chemistry. There wasn't a lot of backstory. And this is kind of what we've been talking about for the last two or three weeks where AEW doesn't do a good job of telling more of the story, why we should care versus just throwing them in the ring and assuming that everybody is on the same page. Zach, your biggest takeaway. Uh, Definitely the MJF Cody thing, which we'll talk about. I will say it is kind of – I don't want to say annoying because it's a little bit too strong because uh, I listened to the AEW media call and and Cody said that if you watch Dynamite, uh, that will give you everything you need to know for all of the stories and then everything else is just ancillary. But I did watch the Road to Full Gear. It was like a one-hour special or something on YouTube, which murdered it. The production value of that thing, going through each match and explaining to us why we should care about it, like, that thing should have been on television. It was so good, so well done. Uh, Proud and Powerful came off as, like, huge baby faces, even though they're, like, terrible heels. Uh, but, I mean, like, they... You really want to root for those dudes because they go into their background and, like, how much they had to struggle to actually get to where they are. Uh, they they talked about Rio and Emi Sakura and how they've had hundreds of matches together and the student-teacher thing. Uh, that was not a low point for me. I really enjoyed that match. Um, but, uh, overall I thought it was a great pay-per-view. I didn't have a single, um, kind of like criticism as far as like the matches. I enjoyed every match. I think the, the match that I probably enjoyed the least, which I still thought was a really good match with Sean Spears and Joey Janela. Uh, I liked that they got Tully Blanchard involved and 
Oh yeah, did, I was thinking that about that when, yeah, the pro- yeah, I was I closed my eyes and I see them doing that to Dusty Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you for know, those of you guys who did not spend fifty bucks, you know, to see the pay per view or didn't see it, I'll just run down the card real quick and then we can talk about it as a whole. Uh, Doctor Britt Breaker defeated B Priestley by submission in the pre-show. Then we had Proud and Powerful going over the Young Bucks in a fantastic tag team match. This thing tore down the house as an opener, as a curtain jerker. Uh, and then it was followed by Adam Page defeating Pac, which had a tough act to follow and delivered. Uh, I thought it was a fantastic singles match, like perfect singles match. Those guys have great chemistry. And then Sean Spears defeated Tully, or defeated, with Tully Blanchard defeated Joey Janela. Then we had SoCal Uncensored in a three-way with Lucha Brothers and Private Party, with SoCal Uncensored pinning Private Party to retain the AEW World Tag Team Championship. We had Rio defeating Emi Sakura. Uh, I really liked this match. Uh, like, maybe the story could have been told a little bit better, but I thought they had good chemistry together. And this is just like every other Riho match that you've seen where it starts out a little quiet and then the crowd really gets behind Riho and really wants her to win. And they played off of the tag match that they had had on either Dark or Dynamite. I can't remember which one. Where they did, like, the roll-ups until uh, Riho I think it was on Dynamite, but go ahead. Went over. And then we had Chris Jericho defeating Cody, uh, as Jason said, and John Moxley defeating Kenny Omega. Um, it's so wild how polarizing this uh, hardcore match is because I enjoyed it, and I'm not, like, a big hardcore guy. Like, I'm not out looking to see people, like, go through light tubes and stuff, but I really enjoyed this match, and I didn't see it as too gimmicky. I just saw it as two dudes who wanted to do this kind of match, and this is what they wanted to give us, and I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, what was interesting is I've actually felt much more cringeworthy just watching Abushi and Naito do a regular wrestling match. Like, that has, like, made me cringe and, like, worry more than this match, which was full of gimmicks. So, uh, you know, be that as it may, the MJF thing, my two cents, as somebody who's followed this for a long time, you can go two ways. You can say this was too early or it was just the right time. Whenever MJF was crying and Cody was about ready to forgive him, I was like, this is awesome. I was like, Cody's going to forgive him, and they're going to hug it out, and they're going to keep this thing going, and eventually MJF is going to screw him. And, like, Cody is the ultimate baby face. I said it last week. He's the best baby face in the entire business right now. I was thinking he's the same gonna thing. He's going to forgive him. Exactly the same And they're going to, like, play this thing out. And then MJF immediately becomes the most hated man in wrestling. You have... Going from the best heel in the business, Chris Jericho, to versus the best babyface in the business, to now MJF, the most hated man in the business, going against the best babyface in the business. I think it's a win-win. Like, this thing was absolutely excellent. Yeah, I didn't think it was too early. Uh, I think that they probably made the right move in a couple different respects. One being that MJF is such, such a natural heel like why you got to put your best foot forward it's time for him to be a baby fit all right time for him to be a heel and you told enough of the story to the new audience that you might have had being on tnt that you have enough of a story to now where he's already hated and just wednesday night we're going to talk about wednesday night later but he proved that he's just he's a he's a phenom kind of as a heel like he's 23 years old yeah he's really young and he's really great um another reason why i liked it is because Propulsion. It propelled the story forward. You got done with this Jericho-Cody match, and then right away, you know, whereas 
another very large wrestling company, might keep this going for a few different months and a few different pay-per-views. Instead, now we're off of Jericho, Cody, and we're on to a complete grudge match, which is a lot better than having, if you're not going to have any mid-card titles, which they don't, I'm I'm sure they will sometime down the road, but if you're not going to have any mid-card titles, then all these matches don't mean shit unless the two characters hate each other. And now we're right into MJF versus Cody, which is going to be really fucking cool. My biggest takeaway from uh, Full Gear, I was out that night. I didn't get a chance to watch it when it was happening. I already knew all the outcomes. But my biggest takeaway were the predictions last week, which uh, <laughs> if we, uh, if we see, read, see, see, if we read the predictions. Works. Uh, <laughs> you see how this shit works, right? Uh, we'll start from the bottom, and then we'll go on up. So let's start from the bottom. Zach, Zach, bitch. Zach uh, had three points. That's uh, respectable. Uh, <laughs> in second place was a tie, three-way tie. Murray Man, uh, it's Sam, the Mauler Mall, JCB all had five. And then, oh, Bill had seven. Bill was seven for eight. Bill only missed one. I missed, which one did I miss? I can't even figure it out. Oh, <laughs> oh I picked I picked Pack instead of Paige. And he got his win back on Wednesday. But, um... But seeing what was going on in social media, what- <laughs> the look on your face is great. <laughs> I wish I had the fucking video for that. It's like, uh, this did I have resting bitch face? Because like I had no idea. No, what when my he rested bitch like. face, it was like this motherfucker here, bitch face. <laughs> but uh, the, the second biggest takeaway was I thought it was the match between Omega and uh, Kenny. That seemed to be the one that had social media talking most. Uh, when I was looking at social media before I watched it, because everybody was, it was a polarizing match. How like two beers said, like there was a lot of people that said it went too far. I even listened to a podcast, uh, uh, like a syn- synopsis podcast on Monday, where one of the hosts was talking about how it just went too far for him, and how it was a waste to use Kenny Omega in hardcore matches and shit like that. It's like okay, but to your American audience, Moxley's the bigger star. I mean, to the to all the smarks with neck beards who are over thirty years old, yeah, I feel attacked. Omega, <laughs> Omega, is a bigger star, or Omega is who we want to see. But Moxley's the bigger star, and those are the kind of matches that Moxley made his name doing. It was the death matches, it's the hardcore matches. Yeah, from I mean, what I heard, Moxley wanted to do this kind of match with Kenny Omega, and Kenny Omega wanted to do this kind of match with John Moxley. Fuck it, let's so they're do it like, again. let's do it, right? You know, let's do it, and. I just don't understand. Like, it's, it's not, not a waste of Kenny tea. Omega. Kenny no. Omega liked doing that match. If obviously. he wanted to do yeah. it, then what? What's the problem? Yeah, I'm happy to receive anything that they want to give me because they are incredibly talented performers, and I was entertained. And again, it's not my my thing. Uh, it was a little too long. It was. If if anything, it was long. It was what over thirty minutes. It was like forty minutes. I watched it on YouTube in the full match from the entrances. Till the very end was forty six minutes. Oof. So I mean, it was over thirty easy, Oof. probably over thirty five. And okay, let's say for the sake of argument that quote unquote they wasted Kenny here. Let's not act like we're not going to get another match. This is going to be a trilogy. Well, yeah. one goes to Moxley. Two probably should go to Kenny when they have their rematch, and then the third, you'll figure it out. Or it doesn't, and they just move on. And, and they come back to it a year later or something. Fine. Because, you it know. Was, but not, ultimately, you're going to get the trilogy. Not to jump ahead to the yeah. three count, but 
I loved what they did on Monday or Wednesday Monday night. I loved what they did on <laughs> Wednesday night when they, you know, it came out their pay per view. Of course, I think it's Monday night. Right. Well, I loved what they did on Wednesday night where the show opened with Omega with the doctor, and the doctor didn't medically clear him. And Omega's like, okay. He goes, how'd Mox do? He's like he was beat up, but he's cleared to fight. And like, and then he squashes his boy Nakazawa. Right, right. but you can see the look of the on look Katie's of, face. Now that's like, so distraught. That's, yeah. that's storytelling. Right, that's yeah. good, man. Without it saying a word, you could see. Okay, we both went through hell and back, and well, I can't get through. cleared, and he can, and he and he won, and he won, and, yeah. and beat his boy. And also, you have the added layer of Kenny Omega being an executive vice president who can't get cleared right on his in his right. own company, right? And that's like an added layer because that's the kind of thing that they're doing. They took all this internet criticism of guys that are like they're going to create their own company just to put themselves over, and really, they probably should. It would probably be the best thing for business for all of them to be winning right now but none of them are winning even hangman like who's ancillary to the elite because it's really the bucks and kenny and then the cody. bucks the bucks have really just been putting people over yeah same thing with kenny and and cody just is even that. ancillary to the elite you know he's in he's in there but like this thing started with the bucks and kenny like i've been watching bte for like a long time and it was initially the bucks and kenny singing karaoke and backstreet boys like if you go back and watch being the elite like early episodes that's the kind of shit you're getting uh, it's fun, you know. Smoke a little weed beforehand; you'll enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, things that smoke people are like bending themselves backwards over are, is the stipulation with Cody, and they're constantly wondering. Like everybody's so mad about this stip. The whole story is MJF screwed him out of that title, and he wasn't going to win right then anyway. But they think because WWE has trained us to ignore stipulations for so long, everybody's like, "Well, you know." Cody's going to be able to challenge for this title again because of what happened. It's like, no, have you ever thought that maybe Cody said, I'm not going to be the world champion at least for years, and I'm just going to adhere to my stipulations that I, like, put out there? Yeah, I could see them – I could see him giving it – getting another chance years down the road. Yeah, but this adds to the story with him and MJF. Like, he didn't just screw him out of a match. He screwed him out of his entire dream. Yes. Because they ignored every world championship that Cody's held, the ROH – uh, World Championship, they did and, not. NWA. In NWA, they did not say he's been a former world champion. They said he's never held the world championship. So MJF not only screwed him out of a match, he screwed him out of good his point. dream. No, so, like, I mean, we don't have to bend ourselves backwards just to figure out how they're going to ignore the stip. Just let them adhere to the stip and just enjoy this fucking story that's that's being told. Right. If, if a few years down the line, Cody's a heel – Big time heel, and he's like, "Well, I'm executive vice president. I'm going to give myself a title shot." Then that's fine. But as for right now, let's just sit in it. I know, as wrestling fans, we as always Jason like to, would say, "Let's just see how it plays out." Let's see how it plays <laughs> out. Uh, another thing that I liked about, by the way, that was a, that was that was a good match. Um, Cody's not uh, Mr. Five Star Classic or anything, but in Jericho's old, but they put on a that, like was, we always said, Cody can tell a story. In the ring, and it was a great story. And I said that the other day on Twitter because there's, got, there's, I guess, once again, like Tubier said, WWE has trained us to think a certain way. Now, in this case, it's character versus work rate. What's better? Well, now what you need, that's not even, the, I'll take that back. It was more, okay, you should tell the story through vignettes and promos versus telling the story in the ring. 
my point was you can do both. Yeah. WWE has just trained us to where the vignette and the promo is the most important and thing. And Japan tells us that in-ring storytelling is the best. Okay. So we have, like, two sides of, like, right. coin there. And that, w- that was my point, that you can do both things. In the case of Cody versus Jericho, it was a good build, but then the story was basically told in the ring. You got mom involved slapping Jericho. Oh, so good. You know what I'm saying? And Obviously, the, the, the finish. time that Cody has fortuitous juice. Because that Sean Spears chair shot was not supposed to right. cost him open. And this was a botched spot that actually made the match better. Because the whole point was for him to sell the ribs later on in the match. And he actually, like, dislocated a rib or whatever. Like, pulled a rib. And he busted his fucking eye open. And they, like, played off of it. And, right. like, he's, like, busted up. And he's, like, in the camera telling the doctor, don't you dare stop this fucking match. And that's, like, that's a shoot. Because he did not want to stop this match. And... Like for, none of that was like planned juice. out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's you a great think band that, name. Did you think that Cody no bladed name. himself, or did you think he initially when you saw it the I, first time? Initially, I thought that he bladed. I he thought he bladed too. He had that. Look like he got thing. the hard right. way. Yeah, but then, like whenever I like rewatched it, it he bashed his. Oh yeah, you could see it. You the, saw like the the half circle. Right, like, right. You don't blade a half circle. Right, just kind of. Cody's dad at had, the like, end shit when you could see forehead. when you when they did a close up with him after he, he had lost before the the heel turn you could see like you said like the the half moon or whatever yeah. you want to call it crescent moon o- over his eye I agree with that two more things about the pay per view uh, from where I'm sitting I like that they introduced the idea of the judges and then they never used them Thank me too God. because I, I know we talked about this but if you if you have judges. And you go a couple times without having to use them, and then you have to use them. Then it's a nice storytelling device right. that you can use down the road. Right. So That's why they've introduced the idea of the draw, right? Without it being super important, right? Yes. Eventually, you will have a storytelling situation where, where you, you, you want to use. Would have to pull it out of your hat. They could they could do without a couple unsanctioned matches for a little while. Um, the other thing that I was going to say. Oh, this is my question. What was more uncomfortable to you to watch in terms of violence? The Moxley Omega match from Saturday night or Dustin Rhodes versus Cody from All Out? I would or was say, that double or nothing? Honestly, no, that was All Out. It was All Out. And uh, for me, as far as discomfort level, and maybe it was because I didn't expect it going into it, but it was the All Out match because Dustin was bleeding so much. And I thought it was going to get to a point where he was going to suffer from like loss of blood. Those guys, they had some gimmick stuff. And this was not anything that we haven't seen before. The barbed wire was real, you know, on the bat and stuff. But, but like, you could tell the glass was oh, the not glass was is gimmick. Candy glass. I don't even, yeah. I, I don't even want them to use real glass. No, I don't want them to either. <laughs> you know? But like, I was happy that it was gimmicked. Uh, but that Dustin match was like rough. It was uncomfortable for yes. me. Yeah, it was like whenever I watched Daniel Bryan face Brock Lesnar, and Brock Lesnar just dropped him on his head a whole bunch right after. He had a life-threatening injury. Jason, which one was more uncomfortable for you? I still say Naito Ibushi is more uncomfortable than all of them, and I'm gonna. I, I would say Cody Dustin's worse than Naito Ibushi. I would do, I would politely disagree upon that. Um, to to answer the question, I'm gonna be a prisoner of the moment on this, and I hate it. But I just I'm closing my eyes, and I'm seeing Kenny Omega smoking himself on. The plywood with that Phoenix splash, 
that was that was rough for me. Yeah. I mean, the barbed wire doesn't necessarily bother me that much. Nah, I get it. Real barbed wire would have fucked them up. up. So would have been would have been terrible. Yeah, I mean, there'd have been. So Dustin much Rhodes blood. blood. Oh yeah. Okay. So been... I'm I'm willing to look past that. He just Kenny just smoked himself. I mean that that was uncomfortable to watch. Outs. I mean Dustin Cody was almost like a victim of circumstance. It was a a chair. I think it was a chair shot that busted him open, and it just it just busted him open. Yeah, I mean that good. just. That just happens. It's a part of the game. See, Cody, Sean Spears. That to me is, you know, like I said, it's the price of doing business. This is, I guess, the same way, which to me is worse. The Phoenix Splash on Plywood to me is just worse. That's just me. All right. That's going to do it for our one count. One, two, three. Two beer, what you got for the two count? Two count is CM Punk is back. At least nominally, uh, CM yeah, Punk auditioned right. for a role on the Fox backstage show that is on Fox FS1. FS1, yeah. And uh, this is a struggling show. Uh, nobody's really watching it. Uh, I think it got like thirty-something thousand viewers last week. I think it went up to eighty-something thousand, maybe. Man, we get more downloads than that of this podcast. I know, right? say, yeah, step it up, WWE. But us on FS1. Eh, we'll probably... No, no, it's probably not. Probably not. Put us on idea. FS1. Yeah, put us on FS1. <laughs> no, that's not good enough. I, I, can, phone calls I can for a living. It up. I can clean it up. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so yeah, like, uh, CM Punk uh, was introduced by Renee Young. Big surprise. Uh, she was the only one that knew that was on the set. Uh, and then, you know, a few producers and stuff. Uh, but apparently he's. I didn't be back. hear that part. So Samoa Joe and Booker T and uh, go Adam back Cole. and watch. Look at their faces. Yeah, nobody knew. Oh, uh, it was wow. a, yeah, just a couple producers and Renee Young. Really funny thing is, I found out by seeing Renee Young's tweet where she retweeted WWE's tweet. Tag him, coward. T- yeah, she said because they put CM Punk is on WWE backstage, and then they, she said tag tag him, you cowards, right? And tag <laughs> CM Punk, and then put like the clap emoji. Uh, which was pretty great. What do you th- what do you think about CM Punk coming back, not in an in ring capacity, and not as from what's reported, not as an employee of WWE, but as an employee of Fox? Yeah, I mean, like I I just don't care. Everybody's like so worked up about it, and they think he's gonna, you know, maybe he will because uh, Survivor Series is in Chicago. Maybe this is all, you know, like a, a ploy to like the CM Punk chants are gonna be huge, whether he's there or not. I just don't really care. It doesn't make me want to watch WWE backstage. If it will help him support his family by getting a check from Fox by talking WWE, I don't give a shit. I'm not going to watch the show. If he comes back and works Saudi Arabia, doesn't matter. I'm not going to watch that shit either. Um, it doesn't really matter to me. Like People are like calling him a shill and calling him a sellout. Who fucking cares? Just don't watch that shit if you don't want to watch it. JCB. Wow. I thought I was going to get hard on that one. Um <laughs> Let's just let's first things first. He works for Fox. He's not working for WWE as of yet. So, if this is, a, I would, I would assume this is a. I hate to use the word "poi," but since we threw it out there, let's just keep it going. This is a obvious poi to get eyes onto this show. My assumption is that he will do some sort of analysis of a match or two, give his opinion here or there. 
That's just my guess. Now, does this open the door to at least an in-ring return to the WWE? I think so. Not saying it's going to happen, but I think initially the reason why he's at least doing this Fox thing is at least number one. He has gone through this huge legal battle with the WWE doctors, Coca-Cola, you name it. I'm sure that's taken a financial toll. This is the way to recoup said financial toll. So let's not act like you wouldn't do the same thing too. If you were in a situation where you needed to make some money back, you might not work for your enemy, but you'd work for the person that's associated with said enemy. Basically working for your enemy's boss right now. Okay, so this is the way for CM Punk to get the money back. Now, moving forward, it at least has an open door where, obviously, WWE, if they wanted him back, they would cut the check. Here's your check for X, CM Punk. Now that's on CM Punk to decide whether or not he wants to come back. My guess is somewhere down the line, they kiss and make up. Everybody always does. See Bret Hart, see Shawn Michaels, see Hulk Hogan. When you leave, you come back. At some point, I don't, I'm not going to speculate when, you will see CM Punk in a WWE ring because they always come back, make up, kiss and make up. The checks are too fucking big. Jeff Jarrett's in that motherfucker. You think you'll ever see <laughs> Cody Rhodes in the WWE ring again? <laughs> Maybe when he's as if, old as if, JCB. Yeah, I was going to say, if this <laughs> thing... <laughs> And if he looks as good as me, too. If this thing goes south. White cracks. White does crack. If this thing goes south, then that's definitely a possibility because then you can at least see that being that's fair. a, you know, I don't know, something like a reunion or something about he's Dusty, something along those star. lines. Yeah. Like he, he's a, he, no, he is a superstar more than he ever was in, in WWE, so. I, I, no, I agree back. totally. No, yeah. I agree totally. And yeah. and bringing him back brings eyes on the product. Absolutely. So ultimately, yeah, I'm I'll stick to it. If and he's also AW, never said an unkind word about WWE. No, I mean, yeah, you know, he's th- taking some shots, shots just, at him, but just, yeah, but, shots for pops. Yeah, but like when it comes and to both real, and both sides have done it. So yeah, oh, no, no. Like, whoa, 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 no, he's taking shots at WWE and WWE's taking shots back. But when it comes to real deal, like you know, talking like. You know, like shoot interviews and stuff. He is always like very political, and he says, "I appreciate all my time there, like all the time." Like he's not like he did not do what Moxley did. Like whenever Moxley left, I don't know about that. He went on Cole Cabana's podcast and talked about how he ta- he called Doctor What's His Take Face a dick, and how Hunter didn't give a shit, and how Vince didn't give a shit. No, I go know, back. I didn't hear that. Oh, go back and that's what him. That's why him and Cole Cabana were in the same. Lawsuit is because we're we talking CM Punk. CM Punk. No, C- I'm talking Cody. Yeah, CM oh, Punk. You're talking Cody. Yeah, oh. CM Punk absolutely lambasted. Oh him. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never no, mind. I'm talking Cody Rhodes. Yeah, CM Punk has had nothing nice to say about I'll WWE. Just, I'll just get replaced with the click track for, and, the, rest and, the, and, for the rest of the show. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And more so to my point, now you at least have them on. You know, even ground. You're looking at each other. You're thinking about the good old days. I, I, didn't, I, 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 I could easily see this happen. I didn't want to get bogged down back in Cody. Um, the thing about CM Punk 
is that CM Punk made a ton of noise coming out of WWE. So I'm not trying to, and I'm always on the worker side. I want everybody to know that. I think that, that having independent contractors in WWE or WWE calling them independent, independent contractors and not really giving them health insurance and not really taking care of them until after they're super fucked up and then Vince pays for their rehab or whatever. I'm always going to be on the wrestler's side. And I, I loved CM Punk coming out of there and torching them. Uh, CM Punk has since, Phil Brooks, I should say, has since uh, acted like a fucking smug fucking jerk the entire fucking time. I don't know the ins and outs of, I don't know the conversation that he had with Colt Cabana. I don't know the conversations that he's had with uh, Corey Graves. But man, he has, it seems like he's burned some fucking bridges. And for him to talk such a big game and then to come back on a hang fucking... On, that's no, a, hang on. He hasn't come back. That's a kayfabe show, right? It's a kayfabe show. So he say, he's know. coming... I know, because nobody watches it. I, I don't even know. You how saw many, how quick I looked at Zach. <laughs> like, so he's going to come back and analyze WWE kayfabe. And then when he comes back, instead of being humble and being like, you know what? I am coming back for the money. He comes back and makes it sound like he's doing something revolutionary. He walks right up to the camera and he goes, when they think they know the script, I change the culture. You didn't change the culture, bitch. You came back and came onto a kayfabe show that has 30,000 viewers a week. Just fucking come back and take your money, punk. Right? No? No, you're right. I mean, that is so fucking weak. That is the weakest way to come back. You think you think FS1 is paying him more money than, than Tony Khan could pay him in AEW? You think AEW wouldn't have backed up the Brinks truck to get CM Punk to make some sort of fucking splash at full gear? Bullshit. That's bullshit, okay, man. That well, is weak. AEW okay. gave him that a is substantial the, money offer. That okay. is the weakest way he could have come back, period. Okay, now that was going to be my on, first question. On not even basic cable. It's a channel that most people don't even have. Okay, hang on, hang on. God damn, I feel like the revolves are... <laughs> what the fuck is going on down here? Total it's like the home reversal. of the... Met- <laughs> what is it again? The home of the metronome. The home of the metronome. I was going to say metronome. Uh, <laughs> hang on. If AEW offered Punk money, a contract, and he turned it down. He had a face-to-face with Tony Kong. Okay. Offering him a big money contract, which probably had very few dates. Okay. That that was probably missed at all out. That was the time to do it. Yeah. Right or In Chicago. Do, agree or no? Yeah. Okay. That was when everybody was like, ooh, that'd be cool. Punk came out at all out. He's gonna, you know? He could take public transportation to be there in 30 minutes. Okay. <laughs> What exactly? Could What's the difference now? I mean, if he's gonna come back, he's gonna come back. The di- the biggest difference, I guess, the difference is that he's coming back to WWE after talking shit. And, but everybody does it though, and not in ring. Why would if if he's gonna come back in ring? Why even present the idea? Why waste the surprise? On I don't even know what the show's called. WWE backstage. backstage. Why waste it there to a studio audience of 14 people where they were barely clapping? It's just, it's it's the weakest way for him to come back. And I say this as a guy that loved CM Punk, man. He's one of the guys that got me back into wrestling. Okay, I, I fucking loved no, him. No, there's plenty of fond memories for CM Punk for me, too. Pipe I Bomb promo is still the biggest moment of the last 
I think this years. was a way to gauge the temperature on a CM Punk return. That was probably the secondary thing. The number one reason is to get eyes on backstage. So now, is he going to come back next week? Oh, we don't know. You got to watch and now find out. I'll have 50,000 viewers. Okay, How right. many viewers do you get on FS1 anyway? I'm just, look. Oh, they, they do shows that have like 10,000 viewers. So like, I know what channel it is because I'm a degenerate who bets on Mac football games. <laughs> Most people don't know what the fuck like, FS1 is. I Nobody say, watches that channel. Like, I, don't, I can't ever think of anything I would watch on FS1. Uh, I saw WWE SmackDown, a replay of it. I was watching it the other night on uh, FS1. I just I just think it's weak, man. I just think it's okay, so well, maybe, weak. Okay, maybe it is, but that's not... It's up to CM Punk to decide when and where he wants to come back. And if he wants to take this road to come back, that's totally his agree. business. At the end if of the he day. Does, if he never wants to. Sorry, go ahead. At the end of the day, it's we're not even worried about this shit. We're worried about whether he's coming back in the ring. That's the ultimate question. And I, want, I say yes. And I want to stress that I don't begrudge the man making his money. Get and, paid. And I don't begrudge the man if he's 41 years old and he says, you know what? My body's taking enough punishment. I'm going to live longer than other people in my business have, so I'm done in the ring, too. I don't mind that. There's plenty of roles to come back in a wrestling, you know, in the arena of wrestling that isn't FS1 WWE backstage. And then to, the, my real, the, the biggest problem is when he walked up to the camera and said, I'm, I'm, I changed the culture. I see. I've, you I ain't. still haven't seen it. So yeah, I, I didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I was he, just like, oh, see a Punk's back? Great. He walks out all cocky, and he walks right up to the camera, gets about, you know, three feet away from the camera, and says without a mic, when they think they know the script, I changed the culture. Like, you know, if he says that, if he comes back in, nah. If he would have came back in, I I and see it, if dude. he would have came back in, given the GTS to Roman Reigns, and then said that off mic, I would have marked the fuck out. Okay, you know yeah. what I mean? No, no, I, yeah, I, <laughs> I just think it's weak. No, I'm, the, I'm, the, <laughs> I'm not going to say it. It doesn't have your your statement has. Plenty of merit. Let's let's get that off Thank the you. table. Thank Plenty you, of merit. Thank you. I will just say it like this. And call it WWE bashing, whatever you want to call it. This is just my opinion. For me, this is classic WWE. It's not ready to make a full, you know, full step. It's a baby step. It's let's test the water step. It's never really a commitment. And even though AEW in my opinion, did the MJF heel turn too early. They struck when the iron was hot. How many fucking times have we said on this fucking podcast, they wait too long, long, they wait too long, they wait too long, they wait too long. This was another golden opportunity. If you wanted to do it, hmm, where's Survivor Series at this year? Fucking Chicago. If you wanted to do it, you have them come out, whatever fucking bullshit match. You can tell how excited I am for Survivor Series at this point. Whatever bullshit. Match. It actually I don't even bad. think I want to see that match. There's you can have that one <laughs> bullshit match with Raw versus SmackDown and have him come out, take out Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. and then if you want to go with that, you know, I changed the culture line, fucking perfect, and have him run off into the sunset. That would have done way more than you bringing him on fucking WWE backstage. I agree with you upon that. Thank you. Uh, 
There's a couple Survivor Series matches. I want to see Ray versus Brock. I want to see that triple threat women's match. The triple threat men's match for the mid card titles is the best one. Which I don't that? think that's going. Nakamura, even. Roderick Strong. One of the Nakamura is probably not going to be the one making it. If I had to take a Actually, guess, Nakamura, so, Roderick Strong versus who? Um, excuse me. Who's the uh, U.S. champion AJ. now? Thank you. Yeah, so oh. AJ, Rock, Roderick Strong, Nakamura. It actually oh, was going to be AJ, Roderick Strong, Daniel Bryan, because Daniel Bryan was going to take the IC title off of Nakamura. But that changed because he's now facing The Fiend. So it is going to be Nakamura, Roderick Strong, AJ Styles, which you tell me that outside of the trappings of WWE main roster, and I'm like, nut in my pants. But we'll see if they give him more than seven minutes and you know, also. I mean, those are those are those are three of the best workers. I know yeah. it, it. It sounds like it'd be an amazing match. I but mean, it might be you, might you be three of the on, five best workers in the entire WWE. Absolutely, yeah. You got me on AJ versus Knock before, so I'm not going to get too excited the there. Thing, yeah. The uh, as long as we're going to talk about Survivor Series, we can kind of talk about it for a little bit. Yeah, I'm. I haven't seen the week SmackDown where Bray attacks Daniel Bryan. I'll openly admit that. But I will admit also that the thought of them having a match for the the title is intriguing. Um, I just, I guess I got to see the build for the next couple weeks to see where exactly this is going to go. Is this going to be more of the Fiend being the invincible Fiend or does Daniel Bryan have something that he can do that, Seth Rollins clearly couldn't. I mean, what, 15 curve stops later, he's still getting up. So I guess that's my one of my biggest, you know, I guess looking points going towards Survivor Series. Um, the women's match, I think, obviously is going to kind of take care of itself because you got, obviously, Becky Lynch, you got Shayna Baszler, two of the, the biggest stars on their respective divisions. Uh, Bailey, I don't want to say is a throw-in, but... She kind of feels like, until this week on WWE NXT, she felt like, yeah, she attacked Baszler or whatever after the the fact. Lord have mercy. Um, But uh, you could make an argument for any one of them winning. uh, I really uh, think. What, of the women? Of the women. (sighs) Because, I mean, like, Bailey's on this new heel run, and it could benefit her, and it wouldn't hurt either of the other two. Uh, Becky's Becky. Um, And then. Is Becky bulletproof at this point? I feel like, yeah, she can take a loss. It's like, whatever. Like, she's the man. She's the biggest star. Like, she's arguably the biggest star in the entire company because she's not a geek like her boyfriend or her fiance. Stop it. Leave that man alone. She's, Jesus she's Christ. She's a fucking nerd. But wow. uh, she's better on social media. She's not oh, as she's, good in the she's ring. She's amazing on social but media. She's way better, like, on the mic. And uh, But I really think Shayna Baszler should take it uh, because. They need to cement her as a star on the main roster before she comes to the main roster. So I think the the best argument for that match is to have her just come off like a total badass and tap Becky and just come in hot. So I shouldn't say obviously you know New Day has won the tag tag titles again. Yeah. Okay, so obviously Revival's out, New Day's in. So now we have New Day versus... Undisputed versus Viking Raiders. Which would you rather had Revival or are you okay with New Day taking their spot? I think it's fine either way. I mean, like, I think it would have been a better, depending, you know, again, we're on the main roster. Like, I would have said that Revival would have had a better match, even though New Day's great workers. 
But um, again, I kind of want. Thank you. Uh, Bill just handed me a drink, which is, uh, you know, how you get into my heart. <laughs> and my pants, but you know nobody really does that. Anymore, so. His zipper is open, ladies and gentlemen. So yeah, it could easily be me turning around at some point, taking over the pot. I actually uh, thought about this whenever I heard NXT was going to be on USA. His zipper is open. <laughs> that's hilarious. You said that, and I was like, "That's not real." Yo, it's <laughs> real. Yeah, but it, it really is. That's fucking great. Um, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. But really, I feel like uh, NXT should go over in most of these matches to submit. You know that's not going to happen. Oh. And I know it's I not going to happen. You know that's not going to happen. But that's what should happen. Hey, no, I agree. We totally. got plenty of time to talk about Survivor Series next week. But now we got to get to that. Three counts. One, two, three. All right. So the three count is the Wednesday Night Wars, the Wednesday Night Wars, uh, Dynamite last night, and NXT last night. Last night, I had the house to myself, so I got to sit around, eat the blizzard, watch the NBA, and flip between NXT and you Dynamite. You Queen dangerously close to here. I mean, oh, tell you, I was thinking about that on the way over. I was like, Dude, they, got the, they got the Snickers blizzard. How are they blizzard? arguing about I've who's got, going to Dairy Queen? Shit, so I'll go to Dairy Queen. close to me, and it's, it's a problem. No, it's, it's definitely a problem. I hate when the same girl is working the drive through on both nights when I go, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, she knows. She's like, this motherfucker got a Snickers Blizzard two nights ago. Fat ass. His <laughs> up. But anyway. Um, it's for my wife. Uh, She's pregnant because I fuck a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think, you know, WWE has gotten so much play on this podcast, and NXT has gotten so much play in this podcast historically I wanted to start off with NXT, but fuck that because AEW NXT was good last night. AEW was great. It's a last good night. show, but I mean, like storyline wise, like it's just more of the same, and it's fine. AEW, no, no, I wouldn't go that far now. A- it was a really good show. A- but. W- NXT was good, really good. Yeah, it was really good. No, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, AEW was great though, and it was highlighted by that promo with Jesus. Jericho. And MJF. Uh, Jericho comes out to give his promo, talking shit about how he beat Cody. MJF comes out, so we got two heels. And MJF is getting booed out the building. And Jericho always said it right. The music comes up, and it's Cody's music. So it's all drawn out, you know, you hear, you know, the precursor, and then, you know, you see the moving stage, and then it's MJF. Continue. So MJF comes down. Now we got two heels in the ring. MJF's getting mega heat. Uh, Jericho can always get heat, but he gets pops too, you know, because everybody loves Jericho. And when he says, by the way, MJF did the great Jericho when he said, a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> but the crowd, the crowd pops for that. I mean, Jericho's had so many. Just he's just yeah. the, he might be the greatest of all time. Uh, yeah, like, I was getting ready to I, say I mean, my Mount Rushmore is in serious danger. <laughs> Somebody's and, gonna have to move. Well, you know what? And just as an aside, while Zach's upstairs pissing, but like <laughs> really, yeah, just as that's an, how you do, our boy. Yeah, man, wow. a little peek behind the curtain. That's a shoot, brother. <laughs> um, when I think about how when Hogan came to WCW, because I. I oftentimes I think about the comparison between WCW and AEW, how Jericho's the champ and how Hogan was such a big deal when WCW, you know, came of age in 96 or whatever. And I just think, yeah, the crowd was probably popping huge for Hogan back then too. 
But Hogan wasn't doing nearly the stuff that Jericho's doing. No, and Hogan was on his same shit. And actually, the whole reason they turned him heels is because the Hogan gimmick was kind of tired at that point. And Jericho's never gotten tired. Just case in point last night, he's in there with a kid that could that's young enough to be his son, no joke. Like young enough not not like just biologically young enough to be his son. He could have been twenty six years old when MJF was born. I mean if they were all like from a trailer park, it could be his grandpa. Right. See, you wrong. <laughs> no shit. You wrong. I mean, God bless America. Um but I mean like in Alabama where like the, the legal age is lower. Jesus. And they have Christ. one of those <laughs> they have one of those typically one of those typically great Jericho heel promos where he's Heelish and also hilarious at oh, the same time. Christopher Maxwell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was and, so good. And when uh, he call, MJF called Jericho something, and then he called him Max Maxwell. She sells by the seashore. Or oh something my god, like that. I fucking lost it. Dude. But when MJF said that he reminds that he likes Jericho, and Jericho says, "Yeah, you remind me so much of me." You wear a scarf, and you've named a bunch of things that they have in common. He goes, it looks like your parents got horny watching me beat Juventud Guerrero in Saturday night Saturday night uh, main event 26 years ago Dude, or 25 I, years ago, which that was, was, it. was like, an all-time line. I'm, I mean, I'm, that's an all-time line. <laughs> There's been so many all-time lines just from the last six weeks. Like, these guys are so talented. And they're so creative, and and why is that? I mean, you what? don't need no, no. Just you don't need a writing team. Thank you. Yeah, you you let, let these, these guys yeah. do what they do. You let some of them do what they do. Yeah, and then, which is yeah. in and this scenario, you just yeah. let you just roll the ball out and just let it happen. In other scenarios, like if this was if this was like a uh, Champa and Miz on yeah. the SmackDown, when that came, when I saw them come out, I was like, oh, this is gonna get. Good. It was okay. It was okay. It was okay. When I saw this, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be good." No, and that was a, that delivered. was a, that was the type of must see. That, like when people talk about what they liked about the Attitude Era, it was scenes like that with The Rock and Austin. Yeah. But last night it was Jericho Jer- and MJF. Well, when Jericho first came out and and Rock, that's when right we talk about yes. Jericho yeah. being this great. That's when it started, at least WWE-wise. In WWE. In, That's when in it WCW, started. WCW, Jericho had the whole thing with Saturn with whoever lost had to wear the dress, and Jericho kept pleading with the commissioner to make Jer- to make Saturn wear the dress. And then Saturn eventually just started voluntarily wearing the dress. God damn, I love that He had the shit. whole Stinko Malenko thing. Jericho's security. Man of a thousand and four holds. Oh, so, good. <laughs> so good. But yeah, here's but the difference. That, is that like, segment last night was incredible. Back then you would have like two very established stars like going at each other. This is a up and coming and when MJF says I'm the hottest thing in wrestling, I'm the I'm the biggest up and coming star, and he really is. Uh but he's an up and coming star and he's not established except to like people like us. I mean, I'll push back on that a little bit just because The Rock was still relatively new in ninety seven. Oh, in ninety seven. Yeah, but I mean, the, I mean, I'm talking. I mean, I'm like, talking attitude there shit. Like when The Rock first became, but he didn't do stuff with Austin until like ninety nine, two thousand. So he was already, and I'll, I'll he was say a this. meteorite. He, I mean, he like he was a rocket ship. You got to shut enough. up. That's and, fair. Yeah, and I was getting ready to say you got to remember with Rock, it didn't start off so. Well. No, there was the Nation of Domination years and die, yeah. Rocky die. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's but that's, that's was, like ninety six though. Okay, but I'm yeah. saying it. For, for my money, We're MJF really is kind of <laughs> yeah. just gone straight up. Long story short, uh, 
Bill should have spilled wing sauce on MGF suit. I, <laughs> I, I didn't know who he was. He just sat next to me, and he was like, don't get that wing sauce on my suit. And I was like, who the fuck are you, dude? It's like, fuck you. You're up. sitting in my chair. Yeah, so, and this is funny. You know, this, is, this is a star cast. Yeah. I remember asking him, was like, hey, you want to cut some pot? He's like, well, he's like, what, you got 30 seconds? He's like, SCU's picking me up. <laughs> yeah, that is what he said. <laughs> I was like, and, oh, cool. and so I'm walking up after the fact, and Bill's all pissed off. I'm like, what's wrong with you? He's like, who the fuck is this dude? I wasn't <laughs> pissed off. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. That's MJF. I, I cut it out. I yeah, wasn't he's a pissed dick. off. But uh, so uh, the Dynamite starts off with the, uh, the Omega checkup. Moxley beat up, what's his name again? Uh, Michael, Michael Nakazawa. Michael Naka, uh, Naka, 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 Naka. Squashes him. And Perfectly. picks up the mic and then says, that one counts, doesn't it? Yeah. Oof, which was good because they had the unsanctioned match the night before. Cuts a great promo. Calls out whoever he wants. Um, we can talk about Dark... I mean, Dark Order had their match. Jason and I had a little back and forth on Twitter about Dark Order. They're not my... It's just such a fucking low-rent gimmick, man. With all the guys in the get mask. I just can't stand it. Like, okay. I know they can work. Okay. I'm fine with them working. Okay. And, and we can bring the... Twitter de- debate here at BFRJCB, at BFR Zach, all lowercase letters with an H, at BFR Bill, at BFR Lucha Chris, at BFR Pod, all Twitter handles. Check out Lucha Chris's uh, podcast, BFR Getting Over, BFR Colon Getting Over. We miss you, Murray, man. My point is this if you would at least give me a backstory on why the Dark Order acts the way they act, why Evil Uno is the leader, who are these creepers? Why are they just they just watch the, they just watch Pulp Fiction? Okay, then look, I'm, fine. I, I would you know kind of accept that. It's not you the ask, best you answer ask me in how the world. The is I say it's pretty fucking far from okay. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, that's, that's good. That's good stuff. Okay, so ultimately, that's my biggest problem when they try to quote-unquote, convert Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt, that was at least a storyline progression yeah. forward. Obviously, it sets up Guchasaurus's return, so now you're going to probably have them feuded out, whatever the case may be. It at least did that. If you're not going to tell us why this is, then you can at least now make it to where you get people yeah. involved. I know Bill doesn't like it, but Luchasaurus's money, Jungle Jack, or, yeah, Jungle Jack Perry, Jungle Boy Jack Perry is money. Like, those guys are future money. Like, I, I know you don't I'm like not, the gimmick. I'm not but. saying they're not money. I'm saying, I'm just saying we have to be consistent. Like, I think that Luchasaurus is a dumb gimmick because he's a big guy who's called Luchasaurus but who wears a Lucha, dinosaur mask. But he's been Luchasaurus since, since like, the Indies. And yeah. now he's not on the Indies. Now he's on TNT. And it's a fucking minor league but gimmick. That's consistent. Like, I, the I'm Dark saying, Order were the Super Smash Bros. Okay, so if you think Luchasaurus is okay, then Shorty G's not that bad. That's that's apples and oranges. No, it's not. It's the same thing. They both they're both on they're both on basic cable. It's dinosaurs and insults. No, the, the, he is short. Not any shorter than like a Ricochet. He's Rick, a shorty Spider Man. You, you mean Ricochet short? <laughs> oh, God. No, anyway, now I'm calling him that from now on. Now he's Ricky Short. Oh God, you're gonna get bogged down here. <laughs> it always happens in the second. It always happens by like the three count. <laughs> uh, just a couple other things. I liked when uh, Pac versus 
Pack beat Page, and they said he wins the series. We talked about this uh, earlier, but I liked what well, he in said. Our, in our pre, uh, pre in our pre, in, uh, in our in our meeting. In our pre-show meeting. meeting. Yeah, I was going to say pre-production I like that meeting. they said win the series because then it's not going to be a never-ending feud between I, those well, guys. I hope so. I, that's If they're going to try to separate themselves from WWE, that's one way to do it. If it's going to be a trilogy, be a trilogy, move along. Darby Allen had a uh, three-way match against Sean Spears and uh, some, I don't know. Uh, yeah, guy it's a librarian. librarian. Yeah, Peter Avalon. He's a good worker with a shit gimmick, but that's like the whole gimmick is that it's a shit gimmick. It's very meta. I don't know that it works with the fans, but it is a thing that they're trying. I will say I'm doubling down. Mm -mm. I just spiked the mic probably. I'm doubling down. Darby Allen's the coolest wrestler right now. Darby Allen's really cool. He's the coolest. And he calls out John Moxley and says, hey, John. I accept. That's, Shit, that's, game they're on. Have that's the game big story. On. And you know what? There's <laughs> another reason why AEW is clicking on all cylinders because they really are clicking on all cylinders. They're they're better now than they have been since they started. And you know we're critical of them sometimes, but they had a really good week this week because now next week who's not going to be tuning in for Darby Allen versus John Moxley? Okay, wait. Because in WWE, if Allen would have came out and called out John Moxley, you know you're getting that match in three weeks at at Battleground or some shit. Yeah. No. Next week, bring it. Let's get the Darby Allen and John Moxley. I don't Moxley. care if John Cena's on NXT next week during that Darby Allen match. I'm watching the Darby. I Allen don't match. care if CM Punk's on NXT next week. Yeah. I'm watching the Darby Allen John Moxley match. I don't care if goddamn Barack Obama. Whoa, I, whoa, whoa! I also liked. Easy. I also liked that uh, because Sammy Guevara and Y2J have a bunch of wins that they got to fight SCU oh. for the for the belts at the Can end. I, I, and I like that Scorpio Sky got the pin on Jericho. Dude, I love this so much because <laughs> here's the thing. You look at this and you have your, your tag team champions, which need to be strong because they're the tag team champions, and then you have your world champion. And the best part about it is you if this was WWE – we are trained. Sammy Guevara was getting that pin. He was taking that out. And that's yeah. exactly what I thought. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a fun match. It's going to be good. Sammy's going to take the pin. The, and he's he's taken all kinds of pins. The dude has that's a the dude really, says he's really the good best point. wrestler in the entire world and he has one win in all of AEW. And it's like he's like he's like one in like five or like whatever. That's a that's a really great point. Instead, Zach. they had Scorpio Sky, an up-and-rising possible single star, pin the world champion to set up what Jericho is now free from Cody, so you can do Scorpio Sky and, and Jericho. Oh, I would love that. And then Jericho... would be great. Yeah, it'd be great. And then Jericho didn't take the loss like, oh, I'm Chris Jericho and I can take a loss. He threw a fucking fit. Yeah, that was his first, chair against, yeah. first loss in AEW, and the boy threw a fit. Yeah. He was so mad, and everything about this was perfect. It was the most. It was the most perfect. I saw people thing. bitching about it on Twitter. Like the champ shouldn't get pinned. It's like, you, like Zach just said. Like, dude, you've been programmed by VKM that this is how shit's supposed to work. This is not how shit's supposed to work. As long as it all makes sense, like you said, like Jericho threw a fit. He didn't just lose, and then the, then the signature came up on the bottom right of the screen that was the end of the show he went full-on Zack Sabre Jr. yeah they showed <laughs> they showed him freak out and this is the other thing I want to say about AEW before we get into NXT uh you ain't lied dog. AEW snap and I I saved this from when we were talking about full gear when people were bitching about how you were wasting Omega on this hardcore match with Moxley it's like they're not wasting anybody they got this bullpen of 
five, six guys who can all challenge for the who can legitimately challenge for the championship at any time. They're not doing a pay per view every month. And in kayfabe too, not just oh that we see them as contenders. In kayfabe, there are storylines. There are the win loss thing. They have a ranking system that comes out every Friday, um, much like MLW. If you if you follow MLW, they have a ranking system. And some people are poo poo on the ranking system, but it tells you explicitly who is going to be next in line, and it makes sense in kayfabe. Right, and they have all these storylines going that are all working. I mean, the Janella and Spears, they ain't done. But no, no, but, no. but uh, it worked out in story because Janela came down. Came down and, and interfered in the match. So yeah, not the huge fan of it, but it makes sense. But they have all these bullets in the chamber that they can use. That I mean, if they really did plan it out over six months, like they said they did, or six months or a year or something, it's working pretty well because we're six weeks into this fucking experiment, and I came away from this week. So much more excited to come on this podcast and talk about AEW. And I've been critical of them, and I play devil's advocate a lot, but Raw and SmackDown were completely skippable. Yeah, completely who, skippable. Well, I was going to say. I and skipped them, and I'm fine with it. I watched I'm, them. I, I missed I didn't watch SmackDown. SmackDown. I, I watched I read Raw, about it. And I'll, I'll just say this. And I watched The is, Fiend attack Dana Bryan, which is the only newsworthy thing. Well, Kofi and Big E won the tag championship. This is not a knock against Who cares? my peeps across the pond. Shout out, Mags. Um, I haven't forgot about our conversation at some point. We're going uh, to sit down and talk. But Is this Casey Kasem you throwing out? Yeah, you <laughs> talk, who you talking look, look, can, a, can, a, can a motherfucker finish? God damn. My point is, is that sometimes <laughs> those shows – England aren't always the best shows. Some are storyline based, others aren't. So that being said, I'm not going to be too critical of the England shows. It's a show to the throw out to England. Here you go, and now we're coming back. Ultimately, we're gonna. I'm gonna at least. I'll speak for me. I'll have to start paying attention to the build towards Survivor Series because obviously Bray. And Daniel Bryan is probably going to be the main event for that. Yeah. So I want to watch the bill for that. Uh, the women's match, I have a, a lot of interest in. The tag match, I'm kind of iffy on. I'm still not convinced that Nakamura makes it to Survivor Series, but that's another story for another time. Let's get it going to NXT. Um, NXT started off with a bang. Uh, a great match. Uh, do they say Angel or do they say Angel? I think they say Angel Garza. Angel Garza. Yeah, yeah. I think they say Angel. I bet that's like, not. I bet it's not what his abuelo called him. Maro might pronounce it differently because he usually does this like span more like Spanish like. Yeah, yeah. Because he's, uh, so a- Angel Garza versus Leo Rush was a fucking. It, it was a it was a barn burner what a, what cruiserweight match. match. It was really cool. I liked how Angel Garza went out and. Pulled, pulled off his rip-away <laughs> pants in front of Leo Rush's wife. That was a nice touch. Oh, that dude. so weird boy. seeing Leo Rush as a baby face. Uh, I would say. He's not bad. He works a baby face style. Like, he works the baby yeah. face style like like Seth Rollins does. But this, to me, is more like a a story of redemption. All the bad Especially shit. Especially all the shit he had going Right. On, you know, whether. You follow the dirt sheet. Right. So. Whether it's self-inflicted or not, obviously Leo Rush was not meshing well with WWE He's at one the point. anti-Jordan Miles. My, my favorite... We'll, get, we'll talk we'll, about him We'll second. get to him later. My favorite spot in that match, though, was when Leo went for that springboard stunner and Angel Garza just kneed him in the back of the head. That was really good. So Angel Garza and Heck 
and uh, Humberto Gurria are um, cousins. Uh, for some reason, they don't want Humberto, Humberto Carrillo. Oh, okay. And okay. Angel yeah, Garza. I knew that. I knew that. And for some reason, they don't want like Carrillo to use the Garza name, and they only want like because like Hector Garza, you might remember him from doing the Corkscrew Plancha on WCW Nitro a bunch. Really charismatic dude, big guy for a high flyer. Whose dad is that? Uh, Hector Garza is, I think, uh, their uncle. Oh, wow. Sounds right, yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. So, but anyway, they're related. Uh, and Humberto Correa is the new Cedric Alexander, if you guys have been watching. Oh, Jesus. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's the guy that Vince is quote-unquote pushing by having him lose three weeks in a row before he gets tired of him because he's like, oh, this guy's not getting over, even though he booked him to lose three weeks in a row, and that's why he's not getting over. That's a story for another day, as JCB would say. But uh, Carrillo got the pen to end Raw, though. Yeah, so they're just going to drag it out, and then it'll make him lose a couple more times, and then it'll be like, ah, he's not getting over it. Like, <laughs> That's just, like, what, what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen to Shorty G, too. I yeah, mean, oh, absolutely. But uh, that's that's exactly, you know, what it is. But Angel Garza, I think, has, even though he's he might not be as um, dynamic as Carrillo is, like, work rate-wise, uh, he's very charismatic. Solid. Yeah, very I was going to say the, uh, the better character for sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, and this is for, you know, character versus work rate. Work rate is easily Umberto Carrillo. When Tony, when Tony Nese power bombed his pants last week. <laughs> oh, my God. That was like my favorite spot of the week. <laughs> okay. That, it's shit like that that. I give credit to the character. I'm a work rate guy. I like to see, you know, guys, you know, fly around, do all the crazy shit. But there is something to be to having a good character. Garza is the better character, and he's not obviously a bad wrestler by any stretch of imagination. A great way to open it. Leo Rush obviously should have went over and retained, which he did. I would have been surprised if he took it, though. It was, it, like, it was a very competitive match. I'll just say this, and I know you want to move on. The guys that are in the breakout tournament minus Cameron Grimes and aren't. Jordan Miles. And Jordan. Well, tournament. no, I was going to say that. The guy, mm-hmm. I, no, I'm just going to stick to what I was going to initially say. If your name is not Cameron Grimes, you have kind of been put on the back burner. Oh, in yeah. some form or fashion. We had uh, Keith Lee versus Roddy Strong, which ended in the schmaz. I, did, did anybody pin anybody in that match? No, I was going to raise No, it, actually, Keith Lee did uh, pin Roderick Strong. Take that back. He did pin Roderick he Strong, did, yeah. and then he after the, the fact, thing. that's when uh, it schmazed out. It schmazed uh, out or whatever. So, obviously, yeah, there was obviously there's a finish. And then at some point, I would assume this sets up a Keith Lee, Roderick Strong Please, series. Uh, not even a series, but a, an angle. Probably NXT a is always match. best when it does PWG. But, so yeah, but please. War War Games is coming up, and we have Champa, Lee, and Dijakovic, or Dijakovic, which is not the way they should pronounce that. But friend of me of the show, friend of me of the show versus Undisputed Era. Who's going to be the fourth guy? So Dijakovic is, is it, the is fourth dream? guy. Uh, I think. So. Well, no, no. Let's let's rewind the tape for a second. Finn Balor comes out, cuts a promo, and uh, Matt Riddle comes out and attacks Finn Balor. So they've announced a Finn Balor, Matt Riddle match. Now, because obviously, Gargano has a neck injury. Okay, which I am reticent to say, but I hope it is not from Finn Balor dropping Gargano on his fucking neck on the ramp in that awesome heel turn spot. But the 
I'm also it, would, it could, wouldn't be surprised. It could happen, but uh, yeah. obviously it's rumor speculation on so Yeah, Matt Riddle's arc. out. Dijakovic is in as the fourth guy. Well, not, but not now, even the third. It's need more a, the third guy. More the third guy. Now yeah, we need a fourth, fourth guy. guy. So, but like, okay. Like you said. Oh, there's sheet Zach. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> saying, said, Let's put the disclaimer on some of this shit. Yeah, but like <laughs> Allegedly. <you> said, <laughs> Supposedly. So I, I would not have put it past Triple H and NXT to kayfabe. Dreams injury a little bit to give him a little bit of a surprise return. That's what I was because getting ready to say. Big potential that would star. be great. That, that it, would, well, it, it, it would makes, be a huge pop. And once again, it makes storyline sense. Yeah, Dream was taken out by oh, oh excuse me, undisputed era. So who's the better besides Gargano, who's out? Chop is in. Uh, he's he's in. He's Dijakovic is inserted himself in. He didn't really have, like, a problem with Undisputed Era. He just now inserted himself in. Without consent. Okay. Don't look, at me, like, don't look it, at me like that. It really was without consent. Don't Bastard. look at me like that. How dare he? Velveteen Dream is, makes the most sense. Now, if you can come up with somebody else that I can't think of I mean, at this point. I, you got to have a baby face. I, you know, like, what I, other baby face would you throw in there? I, I could see them... Pulling down somebody from the main roster for this just to get a big pop or something. I don't know or who it would Prince, be. Prince Pretty. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, like, yeah, Tyler Breeze be a good no, one. I'll, 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 uh, be cool if they brought down yeah, Cesaro. Yeah, but I mean, if, Fandango. Would yeah, be, that's what I, I was going to say. Cesaro would be the coolest. No, Breezango as the tag team would have been, a, if you wanted to do it like that, I would a, a, appreciate that. That to me was a better move. Tyler Breeze is okay. Brazango as a unit is better. It's because Fandango's way better. Uh, the women's ladder match to end the show was Io Shirai Woo. versus Mia oh, Yim. Mia Yim. God bless her. I feel her. so oh. bad for her. God damn. That she got a, she smoked. She took some Fucking crazy match, man. She got smoked with that ladder. God I can't, damn. I can't think. I don't think we've ever had a women's ladder match in WWE at all. Have no, we? Th- this was the first. Uh, at least they billed it as the first. I can't remember it. We did. They have, built it as the first in NXT. We did have like that women's evolution match. Well, with, I mean, it, uh, I mean, not not including money in the bank matches. I'm just no, talking. No, no, no. I'm, yeah, but they did bill it as the first in NXT. There was the the um, Nikki Cross Oscar last women standing match, which involved a ladder, uh, but it was not a ladder match. Man, okay. you sh- you should wear my glasses so you could you could have pushed them up when you said. It involved. <laughs> uh, there was the Nikki Cross match where it involved the ladder, <laughs> but it was not a ladder match. Yeah, right. It was going to say nerd the fuck out over. I here. like when somebody calls somebody else out on a wrestling podcast for being a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting over like totally really it. got a nerd. I'm sitting there, you know, like damn, no, okay, no, no. Anyway, it was a cool. It was a cool match. Yeah, I like the match. Very was, cool match. Uh, me and Yim's best match. Uh, uh, Kaylee Ray coming out at the end was a, a bit of a Getting surprise. Some NXT I, UK yeah, over. I, I'm not mad with that. I like Kaylee Ray a lot. I think yeah. it it's a lot better than Shafir and or Duke. Oh fuck yeah! I went. I meant to mention this earlier when we were talking about Dynamite though, because this is something else I liked about Dynamite. Is speaking of bullets that they have in the chamber, they have Awesome Kong with Brandy Rhodes as her manager. Scalping bitches. And is this a voodoo thing? I think. <laughs> Initially, so I initially hated that that vignette where she like called Awesome Kong up from the dead. I'm like, this is so campy. It's like it's like Impact Rosemary shit that I hated when I was like, they're just just let them wrestle. Uh, but 
now that she's coming out and she's got like this belt that's full of holes and she's just filling it with bitch's hair. Keep doing it. I want, yeah. that, <laughs> I want cool. that fucking belt to fill up. Yeah, it's pretty. It's it's a pretty cool. And then game. I want Joey Janela's pubic hair in it. Oh, whoa, whoa! <laughs> now you're taking it one step too far. Okay, so just real quick, and then we can go back to NXT. You remember that part at the end of Jackass too, where they all glue their oh, oh yeah, oh, my God. and then they throw them in the trunk, and mm-hmm. then they prank them, and then at the end they're like, "Oh yeah, those are all pubes." And then like, he's like, "Was that necessary?" <laughs> he goes, "Was the pubic hair necessary?" It's the hardest I've ever laughed in the theater in my entire life. <laughs> that, was, I, that is the best skit. I would say this right now. I think we watched it over here. Before. Yeah. Yeah, we did we've watch it here. It. I was I, like, dude, this is the nastiest fucking here. thing, man. It's I was like, so good. I would fuck you motherfuckers up. You did some shit like that. I swear to fucking God. <laughs> oh, my God. Is this a way no, to get Allie? No, you don't do that to your black friends. No, hell no. <laughs> no. We, we would beat your ass upon sight after that point. I mean, let's just get that off the table, okay? I love these guys. These are my brothers. I would take bullets for them. If they did some shit like that, that brotherhood would officially end <laughs> on whatever date, and fill in the blank. Or you, Is this the way I Allie go gets Wilco. back in to... Are oh, you going to Wilco? That's the show you're going to? Yeah, yeah. Fuck me. Sorry, man. Oh, that's so good. Does Allie get back into, or I guess now introduced as Awesome Kong's dance partner now, or is this just a way for Allie to get scalped and we move her back to AEW Dark? Oh, I think that... Well, I mean, they can always go to it in a few months, you know? Like... They can do it at any time that they want to. I think to. Allie's That's just what... a bubbly baby face, and I think she takes the L here, and she comes back eventually. I think really probably the real dynamic is probably uh, Awesome Kong turning on Brady Rhodes, and then they have a match. Okay. Yeah, All right. Didn't, didn't see that coming. That's going to do it for our three counts. One, two, three. JCB, tell us about F&B Eatery. F&B Eatery are on the corner of 3453 Southampton. That's the corner of Southampton and Marquette. So check out my boy Mike. Drove by there this afternoon. He had a little business popping in there. That's around, I guess, 4-ish, 4.30-ish. Sounds about right on the way over here to make a little magic with the boys. You got kids? Bring them on in. We can feed the kids. You got something to do on Saturday and Sunday morning? Honeydew list before football? Come on in. We'll feed you with some little breakfast food. Check it out. 3453 F&B Eatery. Tell them that JCB's at you. Go ahead. I'm I, done. I can't edit it. Tell them the who's it. Anybody. Tell them to be a far sent you. There. Knock yourself <laughs> I'll fuck it up. All right. So, odds and ends. Um... Jordan Miles, uh, very loudly, whatever uh, on Twitter and or look. Instagram or whatever, he quit WWE. It came out a little bit later that WWE actually fired him. So, oh uh, what? Yeah, he got fired. Oh, oh I, didn't, I didn't hear that. Oh, yeah. you WWE actually fired him. Initially, it's- I thought that's what he was going for. Like before, I heard that. Like I was just like concerned for the dude because it seemed like he had obvious like health issues, like mental health issues, and it was being played out on social media. Uh, but, I mean, bravo. Like, I mean, it kind of seems like that is what's happening, though. Yeah, it seemed like, you know, like, and I'm not, it's not even like a racial thing. JCB can hop in after this, but, like, it was <laughs> oh, like, why don't you white, white, talk why, why white explain it to him? Yeah. White explain it to him, Zach. It was like, it's like watching Kanye West, who's, like, who's brilliant, but is, like, so mentally ill, publicly mentally ill. 
And it's like Jordan Miles, who's like. Well, I mean, just throw a white guy in there. Like Charlie Sheen had a thing a few yeah, years ago. Yeah, that was like too. drug abuse. I'm trying to find like, um, you know. Oh no! <laughs> like I'm trying to find an analogy, and you're putting me on the spot for like a white dude. I'm just not trying to do it. Uh, <laughs> Man, just say the shit. Doesn't yeah. ha- doesn't that's happen. what it was. Doesn't that's all, that's all it was. It's like I felt I, I empathize with the dude because like it seemed like he was having like a mental health issue, and now he's fired, and that's probably what he was looking for. So more power to him. Okay. I'm sorry. I just I got a huge problem with this whole fucking thing. Oh, what yeah. the fuck did he think he was was going to happen when he walked into WWE? It's not like you don't know. It is a I don't care. Call me what you want to at this point. WWE has a racist history. It has a sexist history, somewhat of a homophobic history. Yeah. There are at least oh, yeah. signs out there of what you're getting ready to walk into Anti-Muslim. before you sign not the contract. On the right side of any history. No, okay. Trump is in the Hall of Fame. Okay, so that being said, that's my biggest problem with the whole Jordan Miles thing. If you're going to sign the dotted line and they put a fucking ridiculous fucking seemingly blackface shirt with your name on it. This is what you signed up for. I I know you got to sign off on certain things and maybe this guy, you know, misconstrued or whatever the case may be. Whatever. You signed up for it. I don't have sympathy for this at you at this point. It is a self-inflicted wound. You wanted the money. There is a consequence when you get this money. You are now part of this machine, and they would do whatever the fuck they want to do for you, to you, by you, whatever the case may be. Now, that said, moving forward, I thought that he was trying to quit, and then before I found out that WWE fired him, I'm thinking to myself, okay, if you're trying to quit, you can't really quit. They can hold your rights. They'll they'll sit you on the fucking shelf and let you rot before they would even allow to let you leave. Yeah. Now, with them being fired, okay. Then he can go pretty much, obviously, wherever he wants to go. It's. Can I go? Yeah, please. Can I? Please. Let me, no. Let me push back a little bit on what you just said, though, because, yes, WWE has a racist history. WWE has it, like Zach said, they're not on the right side of any history. And the Saudi Arabia thing only makes it worse. But, I mean, you can say that he knows what he signed up for, but doesn't. Jordan Miles, ACH, whatever you want to call him. I don't no, even we know. call him. He, want, he wants to be called by his, you know, super ACH. Yeah, he's ACH. No more of his slave name. Doesn't ACH have a – shouldn't he have a reasonable expectation to be able to walk into WWE and not have – not have – especially in 2019. Doesn't he have – shouldn't he have a reasonable expectation to walk into WWE and not have to – be subjected to what is pretty obviously a racist logo. I, I I have no idea what these guys were thinking with that logo. I I honestly think that whoever designed it, that's the person you need to be finding. You got to think that WWE is an evil corporation. There, that was like an intern that designed that logo, and like it got pushed through to the top. Oh, he's got a great smile, and is not well. Like then, then an they, ideal situation. I'm just guessing. I mean, I, Mark. I, Mauro Ronello always said that he had, like, oh, he's smiling all the time, or Mr. Smiles yeah. or something like and that. And apparently he did approve the initial one, but it was on a white T-shirt. And, and yes. So, like, that's a thing. But, I mean, like, this is, like, a very cloudy issue. Um, 
especially the whole like Jordan Miles slave name thing, like the, he approved Jordan Miles. Yeah, I was getting ready to say they, like thank you. I can't. Yeah, he's he's trying to make money. He wants yeah. to, okay, he, he but wants then to work there, with WWE. Okay, but there's a consequence to signing this bottom line. Like, I mean, it, you kind of lose your not kind of you lose your identity. It's similar to Mike Mike Canellis who like just signed a five year deal and then immediately wants out. It's like, dude. Like, you knew what you were getting into. This is not a surprise. WWE fucking sucks for those reasons. And if there you're you not go. Mike into knows. those reasons. You found reasons, your white dumbass. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that was my analogy. Yeah, perfect. Thanks. But, you know, like, I, I think there's more to the Jordan Miles situation. Like, ACH, like, comes off as, like, uh, really, like, he always came off, like, whenever we saw him independently. Right. And in New Japan, like, he seemed, like, really well put together. And, like, he's, like, Obviously, little, some kind it's of like, like a it's a, he's ma- melting down in front of us. Yeah. And I was and once you said that, I was. You never close, really know what he's going through. No, and and it is a cloudy issue, and it is an issue that's hard to talk about. Um, I'm glad that uh, you know, I'm glad that we can talk about it reasonably. It seems like New Japan took TJP. Twi- Twitter with cannot shitty tattoos. <laughs> They'll take ACH back. Twitter oh, cannot yeah. talk about this reasonably. Well, no, because it, Twitter is can be toxic. To begin with, now you throw wrestling Twitter on top of it, who, yeah. j- who can't seem and. to agree upon any goddamn and he, thing. And he said, "Uncle Tom." Tom, like, yeah. I mean, talk about ahead. talk about cloudy issue. You got all everybody's on your side, all the woke heads on your side, me included. And then when you, he you said, Jay Lethal, to Uncle Tom," that's where I'm drawing man, a line. Lose, God damn it. That shit makes it shit. cloudier than my coming okay. family vacation. Well, there is the cub joke for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, in. dog. Um, I'm not sure what else. That's the highest sperm count. <laughs> At least for that week. Oh, uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention was uh, Walter came out, and Rollins and Walter had some fun. It turned into a four-on-four match, but Walter looked good against Rollins. Absolutely. Like, like even though like I, I enjoyed those three minutes. Uh, even though I really don't want Vince to see Walter because eventually he'll just be Walt. Yeah, right. And it'll be the worst. No, I, it, but uh, I, I would like to see Walter Rollins let loose. Like, like no, I, no, I I'm pretty much. I, no, I'll tell you what. They will somehow fuck this up. Man. Let, let that man alone. Either either no. wrestlers need an offseason or the podcast needs an offseason or maybe just Rollins needs an offseason because I'm sick of watching Rollins. I'm sick of him coming out at 8 o'clock every fucking week and cutting some weak ass. Hey, guys, what's going on? Hey, it's Seth Rollins. Oh, I love performing for you guys, each and every one of you, every single week. Should I be jealous that he does a better white guy than me? <laughs> I'm just sick of it, man. <laughs> Seth Rollins is the Stephanie McMahon of men's wrestling right now. Man, that was deep because I don't even know what it means. Yeah, I was getting ready to say. <laughs> you see me over here like Whoa. I don't have the time to explain. <laughs> but if you get it, you get it. And if you don't, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. I'll say this. No, Seth just needs to. I won't say go away, but it's an we, off need to, we need to refresh Seth up. If that means a heel turn, so be Take it. Take him but away this, and turn him heel. By the this way, this is not working anymore. Uh, as one pro WWE thing, I'm going to say this week is uh, I'm in for Ricochet Orton. Like that. Oh yeah, that sounds like a cool feud to me. I liked I liked when Orton said to him off camera, "I can do what I want when I want anywhere." Also, perfect yeah. example of playing your fucking cards right. Like all these people that are doing all, making all these moves, and granted, Randy Orton is in a privileged position, 
But that dude has teased that he's going away for the last like six months. It's really he's funny. on X. He's on like some Twitch users Xbox stream talking about AEW and how good of a show it was. And he's tagging Luke Harper in the revival and AEW post. And he's doing everything right. And you just know that Vince just opened the wallet. Oh yeah, and that dude is going to get an even better schedule. He lives here in St. Louis with us. And he's going to get an even better schedule to where he only has to be out a certain number of times a year. And I would not be surprised if they're giving him, like, $5 million a year just to not go to AEW. Yeah, he, he doesn't live, he's, with, he doesn't he live is, with me. No, he, well, I mean, Does like, he live with you? He could. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, if they lost Randy Orton to fucking AEW, that would be It would be a coup. It would be the oh, worst yeah. thing since losing Chris Jericho. <laughs> This is banned from ringside. All right, we got some birthdays this week. LaParka is 54. R.I.P. Uh, Albert is 47. Well, he's not dead, but he's... Uh, yeah, LaParka's he, not dead. He's in rough shape. Uh, did I say dead? Is it the real LaParka or is it L.A. Park? L.A. Park is on LA MLW. Park, but the real LaParka like, broke his neck uh, like a couple weeks ago at AAA. Huh. Didn't know that. Yeah, he's about to die. No, he's not about to die, but he's he's closer to dying than he was two weeks ago. Happy birthday, Laparka! No yeah. shit. Anyway, sorry. Uh, Albert's forty-seven. Do you remember? Do you remember Albert's name when he was the guy that trained in Japan? Prince Albert. Yeah. Do you remember when he trained in Japan? Came back to WWE. No. Do you remember his name? Was it Horace Hogan? It's Tensai. Tensai. Okay. I like Tensai. He didn't last very long. Kalisto is thirty-three. Randy Savage, R.I.P. Would have been sixty-seven. Step into a seatbelt. Would have been that wasn't his problem. He had a heart attack while he was driving. He had a heart he wasn't attack. His seatbelt. This is not your best happy birthday segment ever. <laughs> Man, uh, you was going to hell. Okay, so how do you pronounce the guy that fought uh Kenny Omega? Is it Shima? Shima. C I M A. C I M A Shima. 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 Okay, he's forty two. Tegan Knox is twenty five. Whoo. Uh, I got yeah. okay. Miss Go Elizabeth, too old. Also would have celebrated this R. week. R. P. 59. I, I still would. Uh, <laughs> Jason Cornelius Bell. <laughs> Jason Cornelius Bell. Our very own Jason Cornelius Bell is going to be... F- 46. 46 this week. Jesus Christ. And <laughs> your humble host, uh, William Cornelius Vege, is going to be 40 tomorrow. Yeah, motherfucker. Happy birthday, bitch. Hey, everybody. We appreciate you guys listening to our podcast. We know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we definitely appreciate you listening to ours. For Evan B. Eatery. Check. For Vice. Check. For JJ Twigs on Southampton. Check. For Reba. Check. For Millie. Check. For Xander. Check. For Hitler Guns. Two Beer. Check. For Jason Cornelius Ben. Check. You better say your wife in this somewhere. For Ernesto Maggie, She ain't here. Happy birthday, JCB. Happy Boo birthday, the Bill. Boo! Boo!